Academy, Episode 5. And I think an important point is just attending one conference, so just attending, um, you know, Vision or NACE Auto Mechanica or one conference one time a year is not going to get you the training that you need to stay up to date with the changing technology. You have to have a continued year-round training requirement and cycle. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, aftermarketers, to the matching audio podcast of the Town Hall Academy on must-attend training conferences. Carm Capriato here, your host. As you know, we take a single topic each week with an industry panel and broadcast live Fridays at 12 noon Eastern on my webinar platform and on Facebook. You can learn all about connecting at this URL, remarkableresults.biz slash townhall. See the show notes for this Town Hall Academy at remarkableresults.biz slash A005. There you'll find extended bios on my guests. Now, I understand that not everyone has the time to sit in front of a video screen or to be on Facebook. And that's the power of podcasting, the digital audio broadcast that is so portable and easy to find. Every Academy session is on my website's learning page. And now you have the additional resource of having the Town Hall Academy as a podcast. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spreaker. And if you have my iOS or Android app, you can find the Academy episodes right there. Now, I guarantee powerful learning nuggets in each episode. See, it's your peers who put on this tutoring and share their ideas, best practices, and passion on what works for them and where they've had their own success and challenges. Here's a cool idea. Schedule a lunch and learn with your team. Listen and watch an Academy episode together. Hey, thank you for being here and your support. You keep the wheels churning for both you and me. Now, listen to must-attend training conferences with Sherry Hamilton, the executive director of ASA Midwest and the conference manager of Vision High Tech Training and Expo. Sherry is also the chair of AMI, the Automotive Management Institute. Also with us is Pete Meyer, director of training for the UBM Advanced Star Automotive Group. You know them as Motor Age and Auto Mechanica. Also, Matt Fanslow. He's a diagnostic tech shop manager at Riverside Automotive in Red Wing, Minnesota. And Brent Berman, he manages the Garage Gurus training group that includes Gurus on Call, Gurus on Demand, Gurus Online Learning, and the -the on-the-go product technology vans. Brent also leads the catalog and research team at Federal Mogul Motor Parts. Now, here we go. Welcome to another Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Live It's an automotive aftermarket forum like no other. Wow, today we've got a great subject. What are the must-attend conferences, training conferences in 2017? I have a great panel. Sherry Hamilton. We'll we'll do ladies first. Sherry is ASA Midwest Executive Director, and she not only leads the shop owners in six Midwestern states, she's also the conference manager of the Vision High Tech Training and Expo in Kansas City. Now, Sherry will be the driving force behind this year's event held March 2nd through 5th, 2017. Her passion for education and training is also shown through her service as the chair of the AMI Automotive Management Institute. Glad to have you here, Sherry. Now, Matt Fanslow. Hello, Matt. Matt works at Riverside Automotive in Red Wing, Minnesota. Matt is the diagnostic tech shop manager. His primary responsibilities are to diagnose drivability and electrical electronic issues and perform most all programming, coding, initialization, adaptations, etc., 
oof, way beyond my pay grade. Basically, if it needs to be figured out or it has wires, it goes to Matt. He's been a tech since 1996. He's also the, a subject matter expert for ASE. By the way, I've had Matt on the show with an ASE, uh, all about ASE, episode 122. Uh, Matt's goal is to do everything in his power to improve the overall level of professionalism within the automotive and light truck repair trade and also raise the level of our public image. Matt's been on with me. 120, episode 122 and 146, he was our first technician interview. And, of course, Sherry Hamilton was on episode 84, me and Sherry one-on-one. Let me tell you all about Pete. Pete Meyer, and I'm sure you all know Pete, he's the director of training for the UBM Advanced Star Automotive Group, which includes Motor Age, ABRN, Aftermarket Business World, Dealer News, and NACE Auto Mechanica. His primary goal is to bring working technicians the information they need to succeed. Pete is an ASE certified master tech and sponsoring member of IATN. He's got over 35 years practical experience as a technician and educator. He covers a wide variety of makes and models in all of his expertise. Pete and I, Pete was an early adopter of the show. I was so thankful. Episode 36, back in the ancient days, actually about two two years ago now, Pete. And then Pete came back uh, on, the, on the podcast with episode 59 and 90, and a couple of roundtables as we talked about technician training back then. And now we're going to talk about seminars. So I'm going to toss the first question to you, Pete, because you wrote this article. I've got it printed here. In your January column... You listed several automotive uh, training classes, Max, Vision, The Big Event, and, of course, Auto Mechanica, along with a few more. And it looks to me like, except for Max, which is national, and, and, and maybe Auto Mechanica, I'm not sure where that strategy is going, but it looks like these are, these are all regional events, but they all pull people from, from all over, in fact, internationally, too. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that... Uh to really kind of classify them as regional events is really not doing justice to any of the events that were listed in that column. I mean, to me, they're all national events in the sense that they are available to technicians from around the country, if not around the world, and and have attendees from the same. I think that it's just a matter of practicality that in many cases, these events tend to get their larger audience percentages from people that are closer to home. You know, I can say that for us, uh, the first time in Chicago, we had, uh, the majority of our people came within a 300-mile radius. Of course, that wasn't all, but, you know, that's where most of them came from. And I think the, that the trying to get people to the events um, is key. You know, uh, like we spoke earlier, you know, what's the best training event? I, I, don't, I, I think they all have their, their strengths, and uh, the best training event is one that, you know, somebody can actually get to, you know, in a 10. So uh, I think they all um, are very valuable to the industry and they all serve very useful, useful purposes and they all do a great job. I'm going to introduce Brent Berman. Brent has been involved in the automotive industry for over 25 years, primarily uh, in the technical field involving evolving from mechanical to digital in his 18 years at Federal Mogul. Uh, and that's where he is now. Brent has held role, roles of increasing responsibility in technical training, then marketing, and now manages the Garage Gurus training group that includes Gurus on Call, Gurus on Demand, Gurus Online Learning, and the on-the-go product technology vans. So if you think about the, everybody who's here, I mean, I I had to talk to every one of their agents in order to get this level of quality on my show, and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Brent also leads the catalog and research team, overseeing critical activities from training 
tech support catalog, and any data and digital media. He also oversees the company's Tech First initiative that seeks to simplify and, produce, and improve the many touch points it has with all levels of customers. So, Pete, you really say, listen, the best training conference in your mind is the one you as a tech or shop owner can get to. And it doesn't matter if you fly across the country or you attend something regionally or a parts supplier, and there's a lot of this today in the, in the industry, has a seminar. And, and I know you're really big on that. You've, you've written all kinds of articles. Now, Brent, from a perspective where you have training centers around the country, when the techs come in, you have a chance to get out there and talk to them and, and find out what they're saying about the training that they need? Yeah, we do. We, we do take time to, to talk to as many people as we can. And I think uh, echoing what Pete was saying, um, I think we hear uh, everything and anything with, you know, between getting to the training that's available you know, within a regional proximity, traveling to an event like Sherry's event, but just getting to available training that fits your schedule. So, you know, if I was to, you know, to kind of slice it up in a pie chart, I'm sure it would be equal parts of, you know, uh, traveling to the best event that's available, doing it on my time, or actually um, uh, dedicating X amount of days per month, days per quarter, days per year to send my folks to training. So we hear uh, any and any and all platforms, uh, delivery platforms, as being optimal. Sherry, I know you're a, a huge advocate for shops having to have a policy on training. And Brent, what you just said just motivated me to ask Sherry about how many, I mean, you've got a big organization, ASA Midwest, big organization. What, what do you hear from your members? What are they committing to? We do have a lot of shops, and there's actually been a lot of um, correspondence going back and forth in some of our member groups looking um, and talking about what kind of policies shops have. Um, do they require training? Um, do they pay their technicians for training? Um, and a lot of it goes back to the culture. There has to be a culture of continued learning within that shop. And um, if that culture isn't set by the owners and by the managers and those expecta- you know, that expectation level, um, you're not going to have that culture within your business. And that's so critical. And it really helps with the mindset when they're going into training. And you can see the difference of um, people attending training who have that culture within their business and those who um, just don't really buy into it. And uh, the end result and what they get out of it is different as well. Pete, you uh, visit a lot of shops, Pete, and you talk to a lot of people. Do you see that that difference of training culture uh, inside the shop now? You may be able to measure it in average work orders, in, in their ability to tackle, you know, higher tech projects. But I'll bet you you could walk into a place and know how good their training culture is. Yeah, I think so. And and I think Sherry brings up a very valuable point that we've had in discussions in the past. Uh, even uh, Chris Chesney has commented on it and Brent's commented on it. You know, there's just there needs to be a, a basic fundamental shift and how shop owners approach their business. Uh, you know, the folks that attend our event, Sherry's events, these are these are already the guys who get it, you know. Uh, and that's why they're the role models for so many other shops. They know that they cannot keep up with the technology changes that are going on. Man, it's just amazing the technology, the, the future of autonomous vehicles and, and vehicle, vehicle communication, the infrastructure. There's just so much happening. It's really an exciting time to be part of the business. 
but at the same token, you're not going to be able to keep up and handle those repairs unless you know how to do them. And a lot of things that we hear from the technician's side is that, you know, my boss won't give me the time off. He won't help with the cost of the training, you know, all these kind of things. And that's where the, the shop owners are really kind of missing out. The, the, the shop owners are, are increasingly successful in growing their businesses. The ones who are attracting the top talent are those who have that culture that you can't stand still. You've got to continuously move forward in your education, whether that's technical or, or, or management or whatever the case might be. And, and those shop owners who create that culture, as Sherry said, that culture of your shop, that this is not this is an expectation, um, are really going to be the ones who, who succeed in the future. But the culture has a budget, right? Yeah, I think in some cases we know shop owners. For example, we've had shop owners that close down their whole shop and, and bring their whole team to the, to the event. Uh, and I know Sherry's had the same thing. Um, but they're also, even if the guy says, look, I get it. I'm going to go ahead and let you have that day off or have that weekend off so that you can attend. You know, maybe I'll cover some of your costs. Maybe I don't. Whatever. There, there are various levels that those shop owners can participate. Ideally, yes. You know, the shop owner is going to say, this is a part of my business. This has got to go into my expense schedule, just like paying the light bill and make a plan to do that. But, but you don't have to, you don't have to uh, jump off the cliff, you know what I mean, to, to get started. You can start small. If you're a shop owner and, and there are a lot of very small one- and two-man shops out there that need that training just as bad as the big guys do. So you just start small. Say, okay, you know what? This weekend, this weekend, we're going to take for ourselves and the betterment of our business, and we're just going to close the doors and go get some training together. Got it. So it's it starts with a it starts with the culture. That's that's right. The commitment of so many hours per tech. I mean, so many of my interviews with shop uh, owners, uh, we, we I I almost always ask the question: How many hours do you require of your tech uh, each year? And it's interesting. I get some. Well, I, I tell them to do it on their own, up to forty or fifty hours, and to the point where we shut down, we absorb the revenue loss, we build it into our budget, and we all go. In fact, even if the shop owner isn't turning wrenches, he goes or she goes, and and, and that's that's to your point, Brent. Training programs uh, that Napa puts on and Standard Motor Products and Federal Mogul. Do you see those having as much of an impact in the industry as many of these other uh, regional training events? I don't want to speak for for my peers. I don't want to speak for my peers, you know, um, empirically. But I do want to say that I think uh, from what I've seen um, that. Uh, there is a lot of really, really good training uh, out there that's given by the suppliers. Um, I know we've invested tremendously over the last three years in revamping our training program, uh, but I do know that as a manufacturer, um, having that perspective, having that engineering talent in-house, having um, associations with the OEMs, whether it's a Tier 1 relationship or a Tier 2 relationship, provides a lot of the really good foundational insights that are needed to build some of these, uh, some of these, let's call it high-tech, air quote, high-tech training courses. So I think that what I see is there is great value in what the suppliers can bring to the table. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not force-ranking anything because, like I said in my earlier comment, there's the needs. There's the needs-based training. And if an event like Auto Mechanica or Vision works better for the business owner, I, I'm all for it. I think, I think, you know, find the platform that works for your business and, and then take advantage of it. 
I want to applaud Brent and, and Federal Mogul for what they've done the last few years. They've really, I mean, they've really launched up quite a program uh, all on their own uh, and very uh, glad that they're going to be part of uh, both the events that we're, uh, Sherry and I are hosting you know, this, this year. Uh, very much appreciated. Uh, and to his point, I think what we spoke about earlier offline, if you can get someone to just an event or to a uh, aftermarket offering, anything like that, give them a taste then, uh, then I think that'll just give them uh, uh, the desire to go to other avenues or seek out other avenues for that training. You know, if they come to Sherry or, or uh, Sherry's event or, or, or the one in Chicago or any of the region, other events that we talked about uh, in the column, you know, and they get a taste for that, then the next time that the uh, Garage Gurus guys are in town or, or the CTI guys are in town or the Napa guys are in town, they're going to be more prone to, uh, to getting a look at that and, and taking that advantage of that opportunity too. Thanks, Pete. Sherry, do you see that? Do you see someone coming to the show for the first time and then you see them every year, year after year? Definitely, you see that. Um, you'll see them attend um, sometimes for the very first time. Uh, we've really tried to engage students to get them used to the concept that you have to have education beyond school. So just when you graduate from school, you don't come in and know it all and forever know it all. Again, it's a continued learning culture. Sometimes you'll have technicians that have been to a shop that has had no training. Now, all of a sudden, they're attending Vision or Auto Mechanical or any other event. They're, the light bulb comes on to see the training and that networking opportunity throughout these events. And then they become hungry for it and they realize what they don't know sometimes. And uh, it's not always so much what they uh, may not know, how much they don't know. But it's also learning how they can be much more efficient in what they're doing because efficiency is where these shops have to be with today's profitability. Young techs. And, and I loved your point, Sherry, about the students. And, and Brent and Pete, the graduates from Votech, you know, the late 20-somethings going for that perpetual studency. What, what do you see? Oh, I, I, I've got to comment on that. Um, of course, last year was our first event. And um, we had it open to the, the students as well. And, and it wasn't just, just the students. We had quite a turnout there. The audience in general um, was a younger demographic than I was used to seeing at a lot of the events. And a lot of them were there for the very first time, mainly because of the model that we used to, to put our, show, our event on. Uh, and I always stress that, too. And, and, uh, and a lot of the stuff that I've written as a technician um, – not only is it hard to get away for a while to take the training, it's affordability, uh, and that was a big part of it. You know, that goes back to Sherry's point of a shop having a budget, you know, for that training for their team members and changing that way of looking at training. But back in those days, you know, you, you if you wanted to go, you had to do it on your own. Um, so we had a lot of a lot of younger faces. The hunger's there, the need is there, that the want is there. Uh, it's just a matter of making it available. And, it, and as you've seen me comment hundreds of times, that's what I try to do in everything that we do. You know, the magazine, whether it's the training event or the one-day things or the YouTube or the webinars, that we, whatever the case might be, you know, whatever we can do to make that accessible. Uh, and again, a lot of the, the aftermarket programs are doing the same thing. They're making it much more accessible, I think, than it has been in years past. Hey, Brent, do you see a lot of young people in your uh, in your seminars? Yeah, we, we uh, you know, just with the scale that we have, um, we do get a good, you know, we get a good uh, view, if you will, a macro view of, of, uh, of, of, a, of a lot of people. So we're seeing a good split. Um, what I can't tell you is really how many of those folks are here on their own accord or if they're there based on a sponsorship or if they're there um, being sent by, a, by a, a shop owner. I don't have that information um, at hand. 
But the one thing I would want to add, as we talked a little bit earlier, I think it behooves any young person in our trade right now to align themselves either uh, personally or through their company with, uh, with advanced training opportunities. And I think the reason, I think we've all talked about this at, at various times, if you look at the ATMC survey published earlier this year, and if you look at this cliff that we talk about of technicians, this wave of, of, of technicians that's going to retire uh, over the course of the next 10, 15, 20 years, um, it's not going to be the lack of training um, availability but what it's going to be is it's going to be the top techs or the top tier techs are going to be in such high demand that they will be able to command their own price. They will be able to call their own shots. And what they will be looking for is a career that takes care of them both professionally and personally that's rewarding. And one of the ingredients in that is going to be training and it's going to be investment in their career. And I think shop owners should take heed because I think that's going to be one of the differentiating items, if you will, in their long-term profitability. Thanks for bringing that up. Today's episode that was released, 192, with Eric Ziegler, a great interview. you got to catch it. Eric's a mobile diagnostician, and he's a trainer, and I I think he's actually going to teach at Vision this year. He talked about uh, spe- uh, talking to a friend of his in Phoenix who said that uh, they're thinking the labor rates are going to in Phoenix by 2020 are going to be 225 some bucks. And to the point that you bring up these techs in high demand who are training all the time are going to need to be paid. And I don't want to say handsomely, but a very, very fair wage for their investment of tools and education. With, with Sherry and, and Pete and, and Brent are doing in this industry should be applauded. And I, I, I applaud you, you, you and your companies for, for what you're doing. Now, Sherry, I think you brought up the word affordability. You have a hell of an attendance at, at your, your conference and expo. How many would you believe of your owners shut the shop down and, and bring their whole place? It's a growing number. Every year we have a growing number. It used to be um, many of them would shut down just for the weekend. Now they're starting to shut down on Fridays, some of them on Thursdays. You know, So Thursday through Sunday, they're bringing their entire team from all across the country. Some of them are getting into a car Wednesday evening and driving through the night uh, to get there um, for Thursday morning training. Affordability, it's, it's all relevant in your cost of doing business. And again, when you increase your um, efficiency, your cost of doing business adjusts as well. Um, It's important that the technicians know what and how to repair things or do it efficiently. Um, And they're only going to be able to do that through training. And I think an important point is just attending one conference. So just attending, um, you know, Vision or NACE Auto Mechanica or one conference one time a year is not going to get you the training that you need to stay up to date with the changing technology. You have to have a continued year-round training requirement and cycle for uh, um, for your employees. I would agree exactly with what Sherry just said. You know, it, the, the events are, are great because it puts so many top trainers in one place at one time, whether they're coming from organizations like Brent's or they're the independent trainers like Eric and Matt and others. Probably the single biggest advantage, though, to attending any of these conferences is what happens after class is over and you get a chance to hang out with one another, network with one another, 
Um, you know, I've had technicians tell me, well, my boss won't let me get off to go to training. I said, well, then you need to come to one of these conferences because you'll meet a lot of shop owners that would love to talk to you about going to work for them who will support you in your efforts. You know, so uh, there's a lot more in the after hours ben- that are beneficial at these events than, than say, just the, the day at the or the three hours at the local holiday and attending a, a lo- more local seminar. But again, those are available too. And, and any advantage or any opportunity that you can get um, is, is a good one to take. So tell me, Matt, you're planning on going to a, a division, I think, soon. And, and any other conferences that you go to, what's your strategy? The strategy is you got to get rested up before you go because networking does factor in. And you're going to meet a lot of people in class and break between classes or uh, if the class is long enough, they have little breaks. And then uh, the breakfast, they have kind of some mixers, the hotel lobby, a lot of networking occurs there. You're going to meet some of the instructors hang out down there. Other people you may see flashing around the internet at, you know, IATN and now Facebook. We have a lot of rooms, uh, pages where there's a lot of uh, activity. You're going to meet these people face-to-face yeah, time just evaporates. So you got done with dinner and you're in the hotel lobby at seven and the next thing you know, it's three. And you know, every time I I ask uh, any instructor, any coach that I've had on the show, 192 episodes as of today, and, and I wish I could have them, every one of them crystal clear in my head. And I asked the question about networking and, and, and hands down, as good as the instructor really is in your own personal takeaway and your own knowledge, the networking seems to almost trump that, Matt. And, and that's what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. You're there for uh, training. You're probably there for specific trainers that you don't have access to regularly. So Midwest, I might have access to certain trainers regularly, but there's other trainers I don't see that from the East or West Coast. So now going to a national type of event, a big event in Chicago, in Kansas City, in Las Vegas, that allows me access to these trainers. The networking with these uh, other technicians, shop owners, managers, trainers themselves, uh, that keeps you coming back and makes you save that date. Matt, have you ever met a trainer that you admired and realized that they were just a down-home, real, good old Joe? Honestly, all of them. All of them. That I can think of, especially the most prominent ones, they, they either they're still in the bays or still work on cars regularly, uh, or they came from the bays. They're able to sympathize with you. Uh, so really, most of them, are, most of them are very accessible, very down to earth, very approachable. One of the points that I want to make is so many of these events have, it's a, there's an exposition attached to it. And I know Auto Mechanica, I know Vision, uh, even the big event, you know, the, the, the re, G's regional one out, out in New York. And vendors come that help the affordability of this training. Does anyone have a message for everybody who attends about making sure they hang out with those manufacturers? We actually had to make a shift in our uh, scheduling for the coming year because one of the comments that I got downstairs in the training area from many of the attendees was that they did not have enough time to get upstairs to uh, express their appreciation to the to the people who uh, they saw as the ones that made it possible for them to come. And, of course, that's exactly what, what happened. So, uh, yes, the, the, the people that were very much appreciative, I don't think you have to tell the, the technicians that or, or – 
drive them up to, to see that. They do want to let these guys know that they do appreciate it. Um, so that hasn't really been an issue. The, 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 the hours that we have set up for the next event will make sure that they get more than enough time to interact with the, the folks that are helping us put this on. So it's scheduled, but you also see, Pete, or Sherry, you see your attendees spend time with the manufacturers? Yes, they definitely spend time on the show floor. And the great thing about coming to an expo is a lot of these exhibitors will bring in experts. So they'll bring in the people who can answer the questions that they need to know about the equipment, um, the products, the services that they're in the process of evaluating and purchasing. So they can get some answers, even if they've made the purchase and they're having some struggles with that equipment. They've got somebody there who can answer um, answer those questions. If they're comparing and they have not yet decided which product or service they're going to go with, where else can you go to be able to see multiple products at one time back to back and be able to go back and forth? How much time would that take out of your business day to really make a good educated decision? Right there on the show floor, you've got the ability to do that. And you have some great show specials and um, some incentives to be able to, to purchase as well. So we encourage... Um, for our ASA Midwest members, we encourage them to make sure they're making their purchasing decisions around that vision program on the show floor to be able to save them money, to be able to have a better educated um, process through that selection. Brent, from a manufacturer's perspective, what do you hear from your people when they when they go out to both a training and expo program? Uh, what's, what's the input like in your booths? When it comes to training expos, um, we send our training staff. So our entire training staff is there from our training operations folks to our, our, our administration management folks, as well as, of course, all of our trainers. But the feedback I generally get, and I'll, just, I'll, I'll stick specifically to the trainers, is um, that networking that we were talking about earlier, and Matt was before uh, he fell off the grid, <laughs> but um, that networking, that's bi-directional. You, you, you would not, and I'm sure Pete, I saw Pete nod there, you would not believe how many... I always call them war stories that the guys and the girls will trade and it will lead to the next round of tech tip development and bulletins and, you know, Oh, I didn't know that the, you know, the, the Ford, you know, whatever diesel head gasket was having this trouble. You, you, we've developed those relationships and a lot of my folks actually have, you know, direct contact with a lot of their alumni uh, on a regular basis. So I think it's it's beneficial both for the manufacturer and for uh, and for the training entity as well as uh, as well as the students. Excellent point, everyone. Online training. We're talking about where to go this year, but online training is one heck of an option. Brent, uh, you guys are doing a lot of that, right? Yeah, we're doing a lot of it. I think, and I think uh, I think there's a lot of companies doing a lot of great things in the online space. I think CTI is certainly doing some great stuff. Electitude is out there. Um, Bosch is doing some crazy stuff with VR. Um, we're, we're sticking with the more traditional e-learning at this point as a platform from a, you know, just from a, you know, here's where we are in 2017. I think somebody is still going to crack the code of how to make e-learning as enjoyable and as digestible as these in-person seminars. I mean, because in my mind right now, the creme de la creme is still workshop training, is still, you know, I'd love to hear Pete's opinion on this, is still either the workshop or the seminar or the one-on-one and just that interpersonal, um, uh, you know, student-teacher 
rapport that just happens, right? I think there's fantastic information available online. I think in some organizations where you're talking about eight to 20,000 technicians, think of your chains, there's no other way that they can get those folks trained and offer that level of training. So they need that option for e-learning. And it does play its role. I think as an industry, and I think uh, think there's wonderful people in the space, like I said, some of those I just mentioned and others, I think we can take e-learning as an industry over the next, let's just say, I'm going to say eight years, just to say 2025, take it to a place, maybe it's a little bit more interactive, maybe it's got a little bit more of a feel, you start to see things like Facebook Live and other things where there is more of that bi-directional, you know, um, interpersonal kind of exchange and then I think we're really going to see e-learning carve out a, a, um, a stronger or a bigger wedge of this whole training ecosystem. That's my opinion. I'd love to hear Pete and Matt's take on that and Sherry as well. I don't think it's any secret that, that we've done a lot of online stuff for the last half a dozen years. I mean, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world right behind Google. And we live in an age now where a lot of our, our younger generation of techs are looking for instant answers at the point of need. Uh, so they're Googling their problem and seeing what comes up. First, let me say that, that the in-person events, uh, whether it's uh, hosted at a, at a Garage Gurus location or it's uh, hosted at one of the, the national events that, that we have, um, is absolutely the best way to, uh, to learn. Uh, these higher tech issues, or even just the fundamentals, if you're if you're new, uh, because you get so much more synergy between not only the instructor and the student, but the students themselves. If you've got a guys who sit next to you that may have just started yesterday, and he's sitting next to a guy that's been in there for thirty years, you know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, synergy that can come from that. Um, with that being said, we've had a lot of uh, success with our quarterly webinars that I do with, with G up in New York. We try to make it as synergistic as we can uh, by uh, offering to have people offer their comments and questions while we're doing it in the shop. We try to do as much as possible physically on a vehicle to, to illustrate the points. So we're trying to keep that in mind. And then, of course, our, our YouTube channel, we have uh, we just started a series or re- resurrected a series, I should say, on how to uh, that here lately has been uh, on fundamental scope use with the aim of having technicians who have that tool sitting in their toolbox, no matter what brand it is, that they should be able to you know, get that capture on their screen and put it to work for them. And that's been very well received. So I think there's a place for all of those elements. Uh, I don't think any one will take over from the others. Uh, but again, to Brent's point, I don't think any anything can ever replace the, the, the in-person, one-on-one. Here I am to answer your questions. Here, here we are to have others uh, invest their opinions and comments. Uh, I don't think you'll ever be able to beat that. I would agree with what exactly what Pete has said. Um, I think all elements of the training are so important, that interaction back and forth with your instructor and sometimes hearing somebody else ask a question that sometimes may even challenge the instructor or ask for more explanation as to why or how or the theory enlightens the entire room and, and sometimes to a better understanding that's not always going to be in a, a scripted session or an, an online presentation and the, the times where you're taking the break and you're starting those conversations in between, you know, also in, enlightens to, uh, to a lot more information. But there are times too where this online training, if you have um, a new employee, a newer employee that um, for some reason isn't able to travel, maybe you're not quite ready to make that big investment to fly them across country to do training. There's some incredible training out there that's available online where you can help continue moving them forward. The training is out there. It's just a matter of, do you have the budget? Are you making it a priority? And uh, are you committed to uh, getting your team there? 
one way or another, whether it be in person or online. We're talking about a shop culture thing. We're talking about an automotive repair trade mindset where we're giving online training uh, a way in because typically we don't send technicians to training. They have to, you know, a lot of attendees at Vision or really any event, uh, they're there on their own dime. Uh, they make the investment. So not only are they investing in their own tools to do a job they're hired to do, they're also paying for their own educations with no immediate uh, return on that investment. And then it becomes the networking, you know, further helps because of the you have that social aspect. Same. Man, are you telling me that the majority of the people that uh, would attend Vision uh, attend on their own dime? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure about that. Absolutely. We have a lot of company credit cards that are utilized, you know, for that, where we're seeing large groups and other, a lot of times we're seeing that shop owner do that registration and use their credit card to pay for that online registration um, for Vision. So I think it's growing, but but he definitely brings about, there are still some who still have to pay their own way. Brent, I wanted to hit something on what you just said a few minutes ago. You said, you're not quite sure yet, but this online thing is going to find it's something, right? And you know what? I wrote down a word, holographic. And I just want to throw that out for anyone's thoughts or concepts. Can you imagine, you know, the instructor, you're in your living room, you're on your smart TV, you're watching this thing, you press a button and the instructor like comes into your room and he's got, <laughs> he's there, but you can't touch him, but he's there. Yeah, but, Isn't Bosch already kind of doing that? Well, they have that virtual reality program that they're using now where you can uh, use your iPad and lay it over a vehicle and whatever subsystem that you're looking to, to work on, it will overlay that subsystem on that vehicle. So you, you want to know where the component is? Well, you can just hold your iPad up there and it's showing you on the car that you're working on. And, and there's some service information built out in, in that as well. But Pete, I'm not that much of a geek, but I think that may be called augmented reality. And, and we're there. You're actually, once you get the code, the computer knows what you're looking at. There's so many cool things going on with VR. In fact, it's funny, Moog has this download where you can actually put VR on your smartphone. It's really wild. Hey, I want to make a shout out to Bob Greenwood. Bob says, trade days are over. This truly is a profession today. Uh, Gary Keys. Gary is from uh, Florida. He says, any thoughts on management training? Hey, Brent, will the gurus ever have management training? Absolutely. I think uh, I think what we've done over the last 18 months and I guess uh, closer to two years now uh, is, is, is lay the foundation. You know, we, we wanted to um, create the scale and then um, do what we do well, which is, uh, you know, the current uh, the current curriculum portfolio. Um, that we've been known for, and then look to explore how to uh, use the facilities, um, how to make them, as I think I've told you uh, on a couple of our interviews, you know, we would love for the garage gurus to be seen as the university of the aftermarket, for lack of a better term, as a dependable place to go for training of all different types. So that's the goal, and certainly... I think there's other, uh, there's other elements. There's shop owner training. There's service writer training. There's how to greet, how to greet a, shop, a car owner. There's how to, how, to, uh, how to talk to a DIY or a DIY. I mean, I think all of those things are, are on the table at this point. Pete and I were talking this morning. There's like three-quarters of a million technicians in our country. They're not all going to Vision. They're not all going to Auto Mechanica. They're not all going to Guru Garage. They're not, not all going online. 
There's so much opportunity there. Now, yeah, this, it's going to shake out. And, you know, you're like in any industry, there's going to be something that creams to the, to the top. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited about where training is going. I've never been so, so close to talking to so many people in the industry with that. And, and here's Doug Callahan from, uh, uh, Doug, I think you're from Winnipeg and I can't remember. He's been on the show before. It's a challenge in Canada to find good in-person training. We're starting to look at sending texts to the states. That's 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 so interesting to to find out that our neighbors to the north uh, aren't doing as good of a job as we are here in the states. And we have a growing attendance from Canada coming to Vision every year, and very much the same thing. They're looking for that quality training that they're just not finding there. I mean, you kind of talk about the online training, Carm. You know, AMI. When we're looking at management training, AMI has a lot of management training at every level available to where you can get your AAM, then your AMAM to uh, be a automotive, you know, accredited automotive manager. So there's a whole pathway that's laid out as well. So the training is there. Where's your priority? You have to make sure that you've got it. When, when I remember going to cars and then that, that piece that they did at Apex last year, a lot of management training going on, a lot, more than I think ever. And with Sherry being the chairperson at, at AMI, you absolutely, you're in the loop, you would know. Hey, I want to thank everybody for being on with me today. And I can't tell you how much I thank you all for being here. And before I end, I always do a quote of the week. And I look for a quote that has something to do with our topic. And this one's from Mario Andretti. Remember Formula One, IndyCar, World Sports Car Championship, and even NASCAR, who was a four-bang winner? Mario said, desire is the key to motivation, but it's the determination and commitment to an unrelenting pursuit of your goal, a commitment to excellence, that will a- enable you to attain the success that you seek. Matt Fanslow, your final comments? I think it's just uh, try to get to these events. I mean, get to training, uh, first and foremost, local if you can. Honestly, look down the uh, instructor lists and the subject lists and pick out some weak spots or areas where you've uh, been beat up in the bays and try to get to these training events, meet uh, other techs or managers, business owners who may be in similar situations as you are, but spread across the country and network with them, get to know them. Eventually, we'll probably become friends. Uh, and that uh, network group will just com- continue to grow and uh, give you even more resources. Man, how big is your network? I mean, I, you, have, you, have, you have friends in this business from all over the country. I would hate to put a number on it. Um, hundreds. You know, here you're a working tech who, who goes to training and you actually are an instructor. So you, you credit basically being out there and attending for the growth of your network. Attending uh, IATN kind of forged some of those relationships, and then meeting them in person is, I think, what takes it to the next level of friendships, and uh, and then you know exchanging phone numbers, phone calls, text messages, uh, Skype groups, stuff like that. Hey, thanks for being on, Matt Fanslow, Sherry Hamilton. Well, you know, it starts at the top. It's got to be the shop owner who really sets that culture, but it doesn't end at the top. If you're in a shop that doesn't have that culture, that shop owner just just doesn't get the training, that doesn't prevent you as a technician, as a service advisor, customer service rep from going out there and getting that training um, on your own time and your own dime. You just need to make sure you've got to invest in yourself. And um, that makes a difference um, long-term for everyone. Thank you, Sherry. Hey, Brent. 
first, thanks for having me. Um, I'll wrap up, I think, by saying um, I think we're really in a great time for training and in the industry at large, there's just tons of opportunity. For years, any of us who've been in training have always said, you know, we've got more training, we need more training, we need more training. I think we're finally start to see the industry as a kind of a consortium really take on this challenge. And there's more events that are available, there's more scale, and there's obviously more resources being thrown out. What does that mean to technicians and to shop owners? It just opens up huge doors of opportunity. We talked earlier about the cliff. Don't forget about the cliff. Don't think about training in terms of what's going on next week. Think about what's going to happen in this industry over the next 10, 15 years and how you can position your shop and position your technicians, you know, for um, endless opportunity, endless profitability, um, because there's just not going to be enough good techs to fix these cars. I love the connection and the and the you bring the words profitability together because you know what a great end result of of any training. Thank you, thank you for that, Pete Meyer. You'll sum it all up for us, man. Well, I don't know about summing it up. I, I do want to say uh, that if you have not seen the January issue of the magazine, you can find it online. Uh, the column is called Tech Corner, and there's a listing there of uh, uh, oh half a dozen or more events that uh, that are. I was, it's hard to put, I would say, probably the biggest at the moment, but certainly not the only ones available. Uh, look through those, and uh, there, there should be the information there, the dates, uh, uh, access online so that you can check them out. I'm sure Sherry still has a few slots to fill for, for Vision. Uh, probably not too many left, knowing her show. Um, I do want to say, too, that in, uh, our Chicago event is now open for registration. So if you go to naceautomechanica.com, forward slash register you can uh, check out uh, what we have to offer there in terms of our training and i also want to say that we are luckily enough to have teamed up with ami uh tst and natef to uh, offer scholarships to uh, select individuals the information is there online as well so uh that of course the, the training is no cost to, to attend the mechanical training event but you still got to cover the travel and lodging and so forth so forth the scholarships will help with that i, I certainly invite you to join that and of course avoid, uh, join us in the pages of motor age check out our youtube channel we've got a lot of resources for the tech in line all keeping with our our magazine's logo advancing the automotive service professional so we hope to keep doing that uh, on a routine basis well thank you pete and thanks for everybody being here you know one really exciting thing for me that's coming up is i'm finally going mobile and I'm, uh, I'm going to have a studio inside of Vision this year, right off the expo floor. And boy, I can't wait. We're, we're going to do some roundtables, some great interviews from my studio at Vision. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. <laughs>